Hey guys, what's up? It's Brent here. Just wanted to check in before the show, talk about a few things real quick. So first off, just wanted to say that uh, next weekend we're going to be doing the 48-hour film festival. Um, so if uh, you at all want to be a part of that or uh, would like to help out in any capacity, definitely hit one of us up on uh, you know through Sticker Fridge. You know who all the guys are. Um, hit up Adam and I or somebody else, Brian, Zach, whoever, and, uh, yeah, just reach out and, uh, say, Hey, what are you guys doing? I want to help out. I want to be involved, uh, probably be able to find a place for you. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be exhausting, but it's going to be a blast as always. Um, and kind of a segue from that, if you would like to kind of help us out at all to maybe fund even a portion of it, that would be cool. Uh, really just doing that via the, uh, audible trial dot com forward slash sticker fridge if you want to set up a trial for a month get a free audiobook uh got over a hundred two hundred thousand audiobooks to choose from it's really cool it's a really awesome service definitely check that out and it'd be uh awesome timing as well it definitely i think help us out with the 48 hour film festival um yeah beyond that uh i also just wanted to say since i forgot to last week that the uh intro song uh as you've probably noticed is new that's one that uh I actually uh, worked on with my buddy Brett, Brett Stokes. Um, him and I got together a couple weeks ago and kind of put that together. So I uh, just wanted to give him credit. Uh, that was something that him and I cooked up in one afternoon. Uh, pretty proud of it. Hope you guys dig it. Um, but yeah, beyond that stuff, guys, uh, that's going to do it. This episode is Drive. Um, it came out really awesome. I think it's going to be a solid episode. So uh, yeah, enjoy it. showdown it's uh episode two season two season two episode two uh this uh episode's the first first one for uh director nicholas winding Reifen or reffen or uh, there's so many it. yeah you there's know. so many weird uh pronunciations <laughs> for for this guy's name um but yeah i mean today we checked out um Wait, his, what's your name um yeah this is brent uh your your uh co-host here with my buddy adam yep right here the rough and apologist right yep. here yeah and uh yeah like i said we're doing uh drive today mm. uh the 2011 film that he uh wrote the adaptation of from the book, book. uh that's uh based on written. the novel so this is an interesting <laughs> one because the book for drive was actually based on a book uh, you know, Push. written by Push by Sapphire. Sapphire. Yeah, it's pretty um, crazy. So it's interesting, just the fact that like somebody 
Yeah, whitewashing in film, by the way. <laughs> whitewashing we'll get into in that. novels because um, you know it was a it was a large African American lady that mm-hmm. was the driver in uh, yep. that film. In and she was precious. Yeah, she was driving to go pick up some um, some KFC buckets. <laughs> And, and where were the KFC buckets in Drive is what I was wondering the entire time we were watching yeah, it. Yeah, he was fighting for love in this one. It's weird, not chicken. That's <laughs> yeah. very... Uh, thanks, Hollywood. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we watched Drive, and it's a fucking great movie. I think both of us agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I was showing Adam uh, during the movie... I brought up because I've been doing like a ranking, like a, a top eight for Jesus, probably like seven or eight years now. And uh, I did it in 2011 also. And Drive was my number one movie of 2011. 2011 yeah, yeah. Beat out cool. some other some other movies. What um, were the other movies? Uh, it beat out Hugo, the Scorsese movie. Uh, Tintin, the Spielberg movie. Um, uh, what Super else? Super 8. Captain Super America. 8. Super 8 was on there. I don't know if it would be now. I I, I I stand by yeah. that movie as being pretty good, but but um, yeah, Rise of the Planet of the Apes got mm-hmm. that third one coming out pretty soon. Apparently, it's really good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and I stand by Drive being the my favorite of that year, even with like movies like Source Code that are great. Also, mm-hmm. um, Drive is just such a good fucking movie. It's such a like tight, well done. Mm-hmm like thriller action i don't even know what this movie rom-com rom-com you know what that's what it is i think yep yeah (laughs) (laughs) well before we get into it we'll do our patented uh imdb plot summary let's do it and this one's written by shin so thanks oh yeah shin Shin. (laughs) he's the uh renowned imdb plot summary fella yeah i'm sure plenty of you plenty of our listeners out there they're from there you know Shin, yeah, of yeah. Shin. It's redundant even talking about him, I think, frankly. I know. Like, you can just hear him. You can hear his voice throughout all his summaries. That he's yeah, exactly. IMDb. Yeah. A mysterious man who has multiple jobs as a garage mechanic, a Hollywood stuntman, and getaway driver seems to be trying to escape his shady past as he falls for his neighbor, whose husband is in prison and who's looking after her child alone. Meanwhile, his garage mechanic boss is trying to set up a race team using gangland money, which implicates our driver as he is to be used as the race team's main driver. Our hero gets more than he bargained for when he meets the man who is married to the woman he loves. Ooh. Spicy. That's solid. That's, uh, That's a lot more explicit. Yeah. Then the movie puts many things, I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, no, it's a pretty pretty good summary. I feel like maybe that's influenced by some stuff that may be in the book mm. a little more. That, which I imagine, because, uh, yeah, I mean, not to dive into trivia like too quickly, but um, this is based on the book drive. I don't know who the writer is. Um, it's, um, let me pull it up. It's uh, Jason Sudeikis. No, James uh, Salas. Okay, but I've yeah, this heard, yeah. this book, it's really interesting because I remember hearing about this book before this movie was in production, before I even knew who Rifen was, because I didn't know who he was until I saw this For sure. in theaters. Um, and yeah, and it was it was like a really, it was like a hit book. It was, I think, like a bestseller um, on all these like top books of the year lists. 
And uh, that that was kind of like my introductory to the what this movie was. Because when mm. I found out what the movie was, it was like, oh, it looks cool. Ryan Gosling's in it. it. Looks really stylish. And it's based on a book, too. But yeah, I mean, it's it's I wouldn't have thought this movie was based on a book if mm. I didn't know beforehand. Because it's sure. very minimal. And it, it just looks like it's just a like mm. it was designed. I know this sounds kind of redundant, but it's like it looks like a film. You know, like definitely never inspired by like any book or anything. Like mm-hmm. it was definitely some just a film. Like it was always meant to be, in that sense. Yeah. So, like I would have never guessed it was based on a book. Definitely. Know? Yeah. I mean, what are what are, what did you think of uh, Drive watching it again, Adam? What well, I guess I thoughts? I guess I wanted to start off real strong here for our um, director yeah. showdown for Rifen because. Okay, um, yeah. Like you said, uh, I have never heard. I had never, never heard of Nicholas Winding Refn mm-hmm. um, prior to viewing uh, Drive, and when I saw that, I was around like twenty one or something in mm-hmm. the theater, and like, oh boy, this was like, this yeah. is like a great fucking movie. Like, mm-hmm. It's um, it holds up so well six six years later still for sure. Um, it's definitely um, more style. I wouldn't say like, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but like style over substance is usually what people argue about this film. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, newsflash, style is substance. It can be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm, that's actually a really good point. Um, and I'll, I'll bring up something that I was going to say is um there there are a couple of scenes where uh there are music like s- stylized music montages as shorthand for character development mm. and the biggest one i think is when he goes driving with um the wife the his yeah, neighbor Carrie basically yeah. yeah that they find they see each other at the supermarket and he kind of helps he drives her home cuz her car breaks down yeah and um yeah, they're like driving through. What do you call that? The um, the waterways of L.A. The spillways, the, I guess. The flood controlled tunnels. I don't know. I don't whatever. Know what they're like is. driving. They're like driving down. It's and like, like a super stylish. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you've ever played a Grand Theft Auto game, you've definitely like driven <laughs> in there. <laughs> That's like always yeah, what I think yeah, about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's like it's this very stylized, like catchy song, and it's like over that they're they're like talking and laughing, and it's like. It's insert character development here. And it's like, I don't know how I feel like because it works for this movie. But I think a lot of directors use that as like a shorthand instead for like actual character development where like things happen and we like relate to characters through them, like talking to each other and like yeah. dealing with conflict. Um, but the thing is, it it works enough for this movie, I think, mm-hmm. you know, so that I can't really like shit on it very much. But <laughs> I mean, like he he's a driver like Ryan Cos- Gosling's character is uh, mm. that's his thing. He drives around a lot. So how do you he's not much of a talker mm-hmm. and he expresses himself through driving. And what better way to do that? and driving yeah to do character development like that's how he can get closer to people through yeah uh driving so i was like well this is appropriate Mm -hmm. you know it's not just i mean i guess you could say like the whole like skipping rocks and water thing was a little um 
on the nose. <laughs> you know, it's like, why, why is that happening? It, mm-hmm. it just looks really pretty and all that, but it's like, yeah. it doesn't seem very pertinent. But, um, I think, I think if they just cut that part with the skipping rocks with her, ch- with her child, like this seemed a little too cheesy mm-hmm. for, for me. Um, and they just, you know, stuck to the whole driving around in that, uh, trench thing. I mean, that's great. Cause it's like, he's showing like here, here's what I'm really into. This is my passion is driving, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why it didn't bother me as like a kind of montage sort of thing. Cause like, what are you going to do? Talk about like, you know, talk about cars to her or <laughs> that's not a good film. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. That, that's an interesting point too, is like the fact that we can only refer to him as the driver because mm. he's like this very, um, just like ambiguous character who doesn't even have a name. Like yeah. he speaks maybe how many I was trying to think. Of, and I was going to keep count when we watched, yeah. but I totally forgot because the movie's so like engrossing. But how many lines of dialogue do you think he speaks? Probably not this? many. Probably like 15, maybe 20. No, like 50, five, zero. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Fair. Because there's a lot of dialogue kind of near the end. That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, he's a, he's a very quiet, um, like a very silent protagonist. And it mm. reminded me a lot of, um, I, I wrote down in the notes here, uh, Gosling's Clint Eastwood fetish because yeah. it really reminds me. And then especially with the other Rifen movie that we'll watch, um, mm. only God forgives like of those Clint Eastwood, like Westerns where he's like completely silent, almost like those whole movie, like right. all of those movies, like the whole, um, trilogy of uh sergio leone westerns and i just thought that was that was interesting because it's like it's like a modern day version of that Mm. you know so yeah it's uh that's cool that you brought up westerns because it's definitely like kind of a it's defined as a neo-noir kind of film Mm -hmm. but it's definitely you could see it as a neo-western too in the sense that like it's this guy who um like the driver is this kind of uh tough tough uh few words protagonist mm. kind of like out of the wild sort of thing yeah and then he finally meets somebody who like kind of gives him purpose that he wants to protect which mm-hmm. is uh Irene Carey Mulligan and uh the little little Mexican boy whatever <laughs> his name is um Benicio I think Benicio del Toro yeah yeah, yeah. Um, little baby del Toro <laughs> This was his first role. <laughs> uh, but, like, it follows that kind of arc of just um, this kind of wild man who's been roughened by uh, his position as a uh, heist driver. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he that's that's what he does like on crime his crime driver like, crime I think driver. is what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a getaway driver for, for heist yeah. and stuff. And that's what he does during that night. And during the day, he's like, he's just a stunt driver for Hollywood films. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's interesting to see that, like, okay, like now he has something that he cares about, Carrie Mulligan. Mm -hmm. And then how that um, changes his whole, like, um, his whole progression in his life, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like that whole Western idea. For sure. Yeah. I could definitely see that, especially after watching that like wisecrack Logan 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Review like kind of about like the what is a western? Like I can mm. definitely see this fitting that mold also. Uh before we get like too past it, I wanted to talk about um the first like 5 or 10 minutes of this movie cuz I think it's like some like it's one of the best scenes in a movie in in like a 21st century movie as far as I'm concerned. For like sure. in like the past 17 years, I think the opening of this movie, even though the the following like the whole movie drive is great, but that opening sequence is so well done, mm-hmm. and just like its pacing and the tension, and how it just it all comes together so well with like the setting up, um, of like the the from the fact that like it opens up with like, um, you know Ryan Gosling in the car, and then he sets you know he no or no it opens up in the room yeah where he's right? talking yeah. It opens up like in his uh, apartment where he's telling them, you know, you have five minutes. What happens before that doesn't matter. What happens after that? Yeah. I'm not going to be involved. I'm not going to carry a gun. I'm just going to, you got me for five minutes. Yeah. Like that's how fucking like confident he is. Mm-hmm. Like how, like I have a, <laughs> not to like go like on a riff here, but I have a feeling that like that's what he tells like the women he sleeps with. <laughs> it's like you got five minutes. I don't give a shit where you're coming from. I don't give a shit where you go. You got five minutes. It's all I need. It's what I got you for. Mm-hmm. And somehow Ava Mendez was like, he locked, she locked him down. <laughs> I'll put it that way because like me and you were talking about this as well. Um, just like how just gay for Gosling. Oh man. That, as just, long as he's got his <laughs> jean jacket on. Oh boy. Or even his little scorpion. No, no, no. Are you kidding me, dude? If he has that dirty white shirt on. Mm. Yeah, hold on. We're going to go to the Gay Boys yeah. podcast. Gay Boys podcast. Gay for Gosling Boys podcast. When he was now. wearing that uh, that shirt with little buttons on it, and it's mm-hmm. all dirty because he's a mechanic. He's a hardworking boy. Yep. Woo! <laughs> got, got me the vapors, oh, that's for man. sure. Yeah. So Ryan Gosling, open invite. <laughs> Please come down. Bring, you, bring your pal Tom Hanks. Tom, I was just going to say it. <laughs> you and Tom Hanks. If Adam and I can hug you two at the same time, oh, man. Adam and I, I'm going to speak for you here. I'm going to say <laughs> we will explode and die at that <laughs> very moment if we can hug Gosling and Hanks at the same time. I would say you don't have to say anything, but you would probably do that anyway, Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just, it's not fair how fucking good looking he it's is. It's insane, It's dude. ridiculous, oh, dude. Oh my God. Um, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent because I know we were talking about the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. but I wrote down um, movie idea. I have this movie idea oh, during no, this gonna, one. You're going to put it on the so record check, right here? I'm putting it on the record. And the thing okay. is, I could see this happening uh-huh. within the next five to ten years before these guys get too old to do it. Uh, Dan Stevens, Ryan Gosling, gay rom-com, where you at? That's what I'm saying. Right? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Do you want, like, America to implode? The thing about that potential movie franchise that I think (laughs) I just created is that... Oh, man. Humanity would die. This would be the last generation... No, no, this would be the last generation because everybody would just be gay after that. Yeah. And so, 
no like men are going to procreate with women because they're going to be like, I'm gay now. Didn't you see the Dan Stevens <laughs> Gosling rom-com it's film? It's like Children, Children of Men, except everyone's gay for Dan Stevens exactly. and Ryan Gosling. And Ryan Gosling. <laughs> It'd be great. They're both so charming and so handsome. Yeah, It'd be weird. the best. But I mean, Carrie Mulligan was is super cute. Oh, she's she's great. She's adorable. She's, yeah, I, I mean, love Carrie Mulligan. She's such a good actress. Carrie man. Mulligan, open invite. Open invite. I'm, I'm, get I'm over copying here. the. I don't know if uh, um, Emmanuel and oh, he did that many times during Hellboy. Yeah, yeah. He's always looking for them open invites. Yep. I think we got on the podcast I was on for the uh, Revenge, Revenge of the, the Sequel. Yeah. Uh, we got we got an open invite to Peter Jackson, Guillermo <laughs> del Toro, Ron Perlman. Who happens to be in this movie as Speaking well? Speaking of unattractive people, <laughs> let's 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 uh, let's talk about the opposite of Ryan about- Gosling for a moment. <laughs> Ron Thanos face Perlman, <laughs> remember killing like, it. Remember watching this, I was like, "Is he human?" Yeah, <laughs> I put down the direct quote. I'm glad you brought it up now. Um, every time I see his face and then you just laugh, <laughs> he's not a human. That's what you said. And I have to agree that he has uh, some of the looks- craziest features of a human being I've ever seen. He's like a, uh, he's like an ape trying to fit into human society. Yeah. And like a, oh like a, God. like a human skin suit, yeah. just like kind of bumbling around. But that ape happens to be a very good actor, and he's great. Yeah, he's great. It's just like, you can't help that think that he's an alien or something. Mm -hmm. Just trying to fit in and stuff. It doesn't make any... His face makes literal no sense. (laughs) Open invite. Ron Perlman. Perlman. You can come on down, too. Come on down to the director's (laughs) showdown. Um, Oh, man. Shit. Well, fuck. Yeah, the beginning, uh, which I started talking about like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. ago. Um, the beginning is so fucking well done and like how it sets up um, the fact that, yeah, he has five minutes. And we don't know anything about this guy at all. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, we don't know where the scene's going to go. So he turns on the radio and it's like it's a baseball game. Basketball. It's the, it was L.A. Uh, really? I think. Yeah, I think are, it was. Are you sure? I think he I think was he was baseball? wearing a Dodgers hat. I really? think it was baseball. Um, but yeah, he turns on the sports ball game. And then he gets out like the police scanner and it's just, there are all these variables that are going to pay off here in like five to 10 minutes. And so he gets the guys in the car and then basically they're just running from the cops. Mm. And it's this whole sequence of just like tension. And uh, I also was thinking about it too. I like that the cops aren't idiots Yeah. in the scene. Like I like that the cops are like on their shit Mm. and they know exactly what they're looking for. It's just, he outsmarts them and it makes sense. Yeah. It's and, really cool. And even to the the point to where they they get to the baseball game or the sports ball game, whatever, where they're <laughs> going, and he like had timed it perfectly to be able to walk out of the game with like the crowd and, and he puts his little hat on. And and like the cops show up there at like the same time. So mm-hmm. I think I think that is it was a really great decision in having him not be just like this larger than life. Like cops are stupid. I'm gonna outsmart them, but like they yeah. are on his ass, mm-hmm. you know. And that like really and helps just, the tension. He's just a little one step ahead. He's sort one of thing. step ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is so fucking cool. Like I, mm-hmm. I love that intro. Yeah. Like it. It not. And that's. It's not really pertinent to the plot per se, but like it really sets up his character, mm-hmm. like as this um, very like a professional, um. 
who knows what he's doing with the utmost confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, like he never he never uh, breathes through his mouth when he's driving. He's always like just like mm-hmm. perfectly stoic. Well, it's like focus. Yeah, focus. Yeah, he's just like completely focused. And I think what's great about the movie is that like you see that focus become undone. Yeah. Through the movie, like 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 you the said, uh, when we were watching it, like his mouth opens. Yeah. And like he's like breathing through his mouth. He's like sweating. His his perfect hair is getting like yeah. a little frizzled like at certain points. And it's just really interesting that he becomes like this visual part of the story to where like you can kind of tell like uh, what he's going through by the way he looks. That's what was so cool about this movie is that it doesn't need the dialogue yeah. to really like exemplify and progress the plot. Or drive the plot. Hey, oh! Thanks for listening, guys. Hey, we'll guys. Uh, see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> no, that it, scene's it, great. It goes, it goes to show like um, Ruffin's um, aptitude on filmmaking. Like mm-hmm. Ruffin is a very introverted type um, filmmaker, the exact opposite of um, Richard, Richard Linklater. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Linklater like. Like so much dialogue in Linklater mm-hmm. films. And that's what really pushes these characters and have character development in his. But um, Rifen like uses silence to really have the viewer understand what is happening. You know, mm-hmm. like because Rifen's like an amazing. I mean, he did. He was a before he became a filmmaker. He was a photographer, and you can really tell. Mm. Um, him and Kubrick both. Yeah. <laughs> you spot a, a, a pattern here, a pattern, maybe? Yeah. You know, someone who's actually good at, you know, Ooh. filmmaking. Like, actually know how to set up a picture. <laughs> oh. Oh. It's direct showdown. Fuck you, Brad. <laughs> um, no, but it, it's just like, I. that's probably why I chose Refn, because it's just like he knows how to set up shots really beautifully, you know. And... Uh, Rifen's a little bit more stylistic, but I'm okay with that because the style is like right up my fucking alley. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I agree 100. percent I mean, I think that's why I went with Link later too, is because he is Spielberg esque in a sense, but like like you had said before, like he's definitely like all the dialogue, mm. just like so much fucking dialogue in his movies. It, yeah. yeah, and um. So, I mean, yeah, this season really is a lot more about us kind of doubling down on that initial pick of Spielberg, you know, right. v. It, Kubrick. You it's know? like, let's get in deeper with our fetishes <laughs> sort of thing. You yeah, know what I mean, I think so. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, on that note, I, I wanted to bring up some of this trivia here. Yeah. Because uh, there's some pretty some pretty good stuff here. Um, so there's, there's a lot of good stuff, actually. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Jackman was originally going to be the main character and Ryan Gosling replaced him. Cause I think something came up or something like that. But I read this whole interview. I mean, I I was looking for it, but I couldn't find it. But like it was with Rifen and how they were for this film, like to prep for it or something. It was Mm. before it was even confirmed, but they were just like driving around LA at night and they were just like playing like eighties like pop songs, and they just like teared up together, just like him and him and Gosling. Oh, Gosling, like okay. Rifen and Gosling, and it's cool. like that's how they like decided to settle on to do this. 
Like it was a really, I mean, I mean, I wish I could find it, but it was like a really cool interview. That is pretty awesome. I mean, it's it's interesting to think about Hugh Jackman being Gosling's right. character because I couldn't. It would have been it, it would have been strange because he would have been older. He would have yeah. been no like Hugh Jackman. It looks good for his age, but he still would have been noticeably probably ten years older than Gosling's character. Yeah, wouldn't you know as well. I I I don't know, man. It's I don't know. That's just strange to to think about that alternate reality where Hugh Jackman is in drive. Um, so this is fascinating to prepare for the role. Ryan Gosling restored the 73 Chevy Malibu scene in the film. He did himself, right? Yeah. Ryan Gosling. Fuck you. Asshole. Why are you so, why are you so good why at everything? So, why are you so sexy? Why, you're so good at acting. You're funny in the Shane Black movies. Uh, <laughs> like he's like, the the penultimate man, you know, like this guy's a fucking like new age man. Yeah. Like he's no he's no uh new age man. That's, that's like <laughs> he's he's not like a Steve millennial McQueen. Yeah, yeah, almost. Like he's probably older than millennials, but um like he's no like seventies action hero like Steve McQueen or Sean Connery or something. He's like a new he's like he's like a like a slicker version like, like has like a, I don't I don't know I don't know how to put it but um, let's see here despite so much of the movie being focused on cars the director <laughs> Nicholas Winding Refn has never had a driver's license and has failed the driving exam eight times that's great which is pretty fascinating well, because he's from fucking Europe like he doesn't need he doesn't need a car yeah in Europe they don't need, they take trains everywhere over there yeah. <laughs> you want to go to a concert hop on the train. But uh, to 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 that point, um, you don't need to be like an expert gun man to have like an action movie, you know? What no, I mean? that's true. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And plus, there wasn't too many like, I guess like intensive car scenes. Mm-hmm. Like the only one that I can think of is that after heist um, with Christina H- Hendricks in the Mustang. Yeah. Yeah. And how, which was actually amazing, that car um, chase scene. Yeah, that sequence was so good. Like, uh, it really reminded me of Bullet with Steve McQueen. Mm-hmm. It's just a great film. Because um, Bullet really, really what solidified those kind of car movies, you know. Um, like the fact that the car chase scene had no music. Mm-hmm. And when most of the most of the film has really stylized music, that part didn't. And I think that was a real big yeah. throwback to Bullet. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an intentional that, choice, right? To, like leave the music out. Like I was thinking that it was the music is the car engines and the rubber hitting the road. Like that was yeah. what the whole point was. Like it was super tense, and I loved it. I love that. Mm-hmm. Love that scene. Yeah, like um, and and I had read, I think it was a. It was like actually an interview with Edgar Wright about uh, Baby Driver, which comes out this Wednesday. It's a few days from now. Mm. It will have been out for a while when you guys hear this. But um, right. and he was talking about how uh, you know Walter Hill, like movies like The Driver and The Getaway, and um, there are other ones uh, from like the seventies, like inspired this this new generation of like these auteur directors and mm. making like these driving movies. And like he, he like called out drive. He was like, drive was one of those two. I've talked to 
like Nicholas about his movie and like mm. he was influenced by the same things and then he has like Baby Driver coming out. That's it's just cool. yeah, it's yeah. just interesting that like this this previous generation has influenced um this one in terms of like the these types of movies, like these driving Yeah, movies. like Fast and Furious. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah, I mean to an extent <laughs> Welcome to Fast and Furious Podcast. My name's Adam We're Furious Boys. With our family popping up in some Coronas. Popping <laughs> some Coronas. <laughs> and Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel, open him by. <laughs> Fuck you, Vin Diesel. <laughs> you pile of garbage. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, so he doesn't know how to drive. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, Christina Hendricks had predominant billing and her own poster for the movie, despite only being in it. For a total of ten minutes, she was. Let's barely, talk about. Yeah, she was yeah. barely in this. Christina Hendricks, um, gorgeous, amazing American actress. If you've ever seen Mad Men, you know her as Joan, and she's great. Like she's a really, really great actress. Just Christina Hips mm-hmm. Hendricks, like she's only hips. There's no other. There's nothing else in there. Yeah, it's insane how like thick this woman is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And like she, she's good for her like short um, kind of uh, stint in this movie. Mm. Uh, but who boy, let's the way she goes out, it's pretty awesome. Eesh, shotgun through the head from like two feet away. Yeah, uh, that's how yeah. I want to go. Yeah, take yeah, that's the best way to go. I think <laughs> being in a bathroom and getting shotgunned in the face. Oh man, it was so brutal. It was cool. It was awesome. Yeah. Right before, like, Ryan Gosling, like, um, really, really shows that he's, like, a psycho. Like, his, mm-hmm. his character, the driver, is, like, a fucking crazy person because yeah. of how, obviously, Christina Hendricks' uh, character had... Uh, Information that he needed. That he needed. Yeah. Yeah, because the heist was... Um, went awry. Yeah, went awry. And... He like he fucking like threw her on the bed and like mm-hmm. was like you better I'm gonna hurt you if um you don't tell me what I need to know or some shit which was a great yeah. scene it yeah it really is like when I, and uh, this just came to me just now but like so many of my favorite movies are a, like the reason I remember them and they're like so memorable to me is because there are so many scenes that i remember yeah. so many amazing scenes and this movie has so many amazing scenes like the intro we talked about mm-hmm. uh this like whole hotel scene where the two guys uh one of them kills christina hendrix mm-hmm. and ryan gosling takes out the other guys yeah the fucking strip club scene oh, is God. like maybe my favorite scene in the movie mm. and that scene is like incredible like like some old boy influences with the hammer yeah yeah when he walks in and like bus up Chris Cook or whatever the fuck that guy's name is with all the is. naked women yeah, just hanging out. Talking about that, it's kind of that's a good point, like what you remembered in particular. Mm-hmm. And what I remember is really Ryan Gosling's like gloves. Like how yeah. he is um they're really a symbol of power. Like whenever <laughs> he puts on the gloves, like you don't want to <laughs> fucking mess with this guy. Yeah. And you could like there's a Rifen does a lot of emphasis on those gloves. Mm-hmm. Like they actually show when he when it's tensed up, like you could hear the hammer. Like, the, you could hear the leather just crumpling, <laughs> you know, when he's like tensing. Exactly. The, and it's just like I don't know, like 
it's just so it's so sexy because <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. gloves are like this kind of um it's a it's a kind of weird symbol of power you know like you're have to take care of some business you know mm-hmm. when you put on those gloves yeah um because i mean i want to get a pair of those gloves they look well so it, it really taps cool. into like your leather fetish yeah, i think too <laughs> also but I like yeah like he, <laughs> yeah leather. your bdsm uh <laughs> costumes plural uh <laughs> yeah no but i i definitely hear what you're saying um let's see Well, because like there's a lot of emphasis on hands in this film like it was a there's a lot of um, like the scene with Carrie Mulligan and they're doing a little date drive. I mean, apparently yeah. this guy only goes on dates while driving. Yeah, while well, driving. Any- but he's hey, he's not gonna say anything though. He's not. He's only gonna reply to things. He's yeah. never gonna. No, he's just gonna. Way. He's just gonna look over, smile, and then look back. Do one of those. <laughs> and, and then you're gonna come so fucking hard, dude. <laughs> All he's gotta do is look at you, and you'll be just like. Doesn't doesn't matter what fucking gender you are, people. Yeah. Oh, oh he's fucking twenty seventeen proof. You kidding what? me? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, she like she she grabs she grabs her um his hand that's mm. on the stick shift, you know, and he's just super. Just his hands really define him because like he's a driver, and that's what mm-hmm. controls the car. And yeah. he's a mechanic, and that's what he uses to fix up the uh, oh shit the cars. That's dude. That's and a really good point. Yeah, yeah, and he and he beats up people with his. He doesn't. Yeah, he isn't. He rarely uses like anything up. Like his legs are the only part. He only time he actually uses his legs is when he um, smashes that guy's face in the elevator. Yeah, which is. I thought was like a metaphor for him stomping on the gas in a car. Yeah. <laughs> dude, no, that's oh my god, dude. Yeah. That's really interesting because it's like it's like his hands are his control over yeah. the world and over his life. Mm-hmm. And when he when she puts like her hands on she his controls, it's yeah. like it's fine, like you can give me some of this power or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's him being um what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, he's like putting himself out there. He's being basically. vulnerable. Vulnerable. That's it. Yeah, because his hands are. That's why he uses the gloves to protect his hands. Mm-hmm. You know when he drives and stuff. Yeah, uh, drives and stuff. <laughs> drives and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it, I just noticed that about this film, and it's funny because I think Rifen has a hand fetish, honestly, in the yeah. sense that he's the hand Tarantino. Basically. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna bring that. Up. <laughs> yeah, because like everyone. Anyone who listens to this podcast probably loves film and uh, should know that Tarantino is a super big foot fetish dude. Yeah. And, you guys have uh, seen Kill Bill. <laughs> you remember that fucking big toe scene? Come yeah. on. It's like, why? Love Zuma Thurman's feet. Just feet in general, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to know... I'm sorry being a little tangential here, but... Yeah. Uh, I'd like to know where the feet were in Hateful Eight, because... Every time I watch a Tarantino film, I'm yeah. like, where's the feet at? Where are the feet? Where are the yeah. feet? Oh, Were there none? The... Were there none in that? I don't know. I need... huh. It's been a while since I watched it. You know, I've, I watched it. Because like, you can pinpoint feet yeah. in every single film of his, almost. Like, oh, with, with yeah. Reservoir Dogs, like, with uh, Mr. Blonde and the cowboy boots. Yeah. Like, he was, like, fucking, like, in that shit. 
You know, like, he always gets real up close with those feet. Yeah. You know what, dude? I, I, cause I, I've, I've seen Hateful Eight, I think three times now. Yeah. And I can't think of anything. That's weird. Maybe yeah. everyone like started calling him out on it and he's like insecure about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like, all right, now take the boots off and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to film a scene. I like a transition in my Tarantino voice. Uh, we're going to film a scene now. Uh, and uh, yeah, just take, take your shoes off, take your socks off. And everyone take their shoes off. It's like, fuck it. Quentin, Quentin, no, stop it. This isn't necessary. This does not drive the, the plot forward at all. Yeah, but uh, we're well, just going to do it really quick. We'll just take off our shoes. We just got to get, we just got to film it real quick. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> no, I was talking about the hand things. Because in Only God Forgives, which will be on this season, um, there's a lot of emphasis on hands in that in that film. You know, okay. sense of control sort of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm really anticipating watching that one again but that's um, what's interesting about like the emphasis on hands because if you really think about your daily life like does anybody in general like you are pretty much your hands like if you don't if you don't have your hands it's like you can't really do a lot of things that mm-hmm. you do on a daily basis you know yeah exactly like, well it's, it's it's our <laughs> it's our input like it's yeah. it's our input for interacting with the world, mm-hmm. um, but so I mean yeah, there's God, there's a lot of fucking interesting shit with this movie. So uh, so the head stomp scene had to be severely edited because the ratings board said it would deem the movie an NC seventeen rating in its original just for the release. head stomping. Yep. Wow. Which which I imagine at, because they show the scene of like Gosling's foot going through his head yeah, it's pretty cool. in this movie, and it's yeah. fucking brutal as hell. I imagine the original cut probably had just like a few more cuts of that, like mm. a few more shots. That's probably the only difference, yeah. really. But uh, it's just interesting that that elevator sequence... I know, it's like usually to me, like NC-17 means like penetration, like sex, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, it means like hard penis. Yeah, like to me, <laughs> um, violent, like ultra, ultra violence. Yeah, it's weird, it's right? It's like usually R... Mm-hmm. And I just don't. I I, I didn't imagine like because like I remember a scene in Glorious Bastards where they like yeah. riddle Hitler with a machine gun it's and that fucking fucking brutal. crazy yeah yeah <laughs> and that got rated R and that's fine I guess it was Hitler it's like all right well this is it's fine I know that's that was there <laughs> they were like well you can you have to limit the violence and then this is in the fine print of yeah. the uh, the ratings board. MRAA, whatever it is. Uh, unless it's Hitler. There's like an asterisk unless there, and Quentin Tarantino's like rubbing his hands together, like, oh, I guess we, buddy, yeah. can we, we show his feet. Can we fuck his feet in it? <laughs> Open invite, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Come on. Come on, oh, man. man. I feel guilty. I don't want to like steal that bit that. That Delvin uses. We had to cut down on that. Well, we're gonna. We have an open. In, we have an open invite. <laughs> hey, Delvin, come on, come on down. We got an open invite. <laughs> open invite. <laughs> um, and just the last thing here. This is like really interesting. I want to like look into this more. Sure. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn con- considers this to be a superhero film. Yeah, for sure. So Absolutely. How do you? Because I just saw this outside, and I'm still like processing no, it. But how do you? Because he's a stunt think? driver by day and a heist guy by night like he has he has like at least two split personalities okay yeah and like if you really think about superheroes in general they're kind of psychos like Mm -hmm. batman's an insane person for sure like yeah you have this regular like you have to fit like psychopaths are 
like the ones that survive the mm. ones that don't go into like a, a hospital or something yeah um are people who know how to fit in to society and become like sociopathic and he know he knows how to fit with the um as a hollywood stunt driver mm-hmm. but at night like he's got like this um he becomes a getaway driver and ryan gosling i read was was saying like how he describes the character as this kind of like um split personality guy because he's he's in LA the city of dreams and it's like movies are getting into his head and he's like hmm. confused on who he is like yeah am i this like type of um like badass like driver guy like in the movies so it's like this kind of like interesting meta thing. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely that that because he does Hollywood aspect so, to this yeah, movie. Yeah, so it's like yeah. it's like this this mesh between um, being this cool guy and reality, mm-hmm. you know. And he's confused on how he should be. Yeah, which is super interesting. So that's why it's it like it is. Yeah, in superhero, in the sense that he finds Carrie Mulligan and he has like a purpose to save her from. I mean, technically, her husband, I guess, because mm-hmm. of all the criminal troubles that he has. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I totally understand that superhero movie thing. Yeah. No, that that definitely like helps me understand it like a lot more. Yeah. Because, and I'm sorry. Oh um, no. Because like he <laughs> uses violence to to uh, dish out his kind of own brand of justice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like superheroes do, yeah. like they beat up people. <laughs> well, I wonder. That's really interesting because, like, like what else? Do I had never do? thought. <laughs> I had never thought of Gosling's character, like the driver in this movie, as like psychopath a little bit or like a little crazy. And that, like, because and I wonder how much of that he's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can see that, but I wonder how much of that is influenced by. The fucking just how fucking good looking he is, because like yeah, what you if, see no that's yeah what, no because like Ted Bundy <laughs> like the yeah yeah the serial killer he's a handsome guy he's charming that's why, by all accounts yeah exactly yeah. and that's like how um that's why they were so good and weren't outed out as mm-hmm. psychopaths yeah and with Ryan Gosling it's the same thing because like how different would this movie have been if like he, he like pop Michael Shannon in there yeah and like have him like it would have been great I believe mm-hmm. because michael shannon's great but i feel like i would have just like visually looking at the guy because yeah. like uh gosling is so just like natural good looks just yeah. like good old like american guy mm-hmm. and like i wonder how much that would have shifted with and i don't think hugh jackman would have helped that no. change at all he would have been the same type of thing but if you had like michael shannon who's not like a naturally kind of good looking guy mm-hmm. if that would have changed that and that's what helped us like sympathize with the character too on that um superficial level mm-hmm. you know it's like i was thinking this was essentially like this subversive romance horror film mm-hmm. because like at the end you got a lot of um horror elements in it like the blood splatter all over ryan gosling's face and him putting on a mask when he was about to murder <laughs> um ron perlman's character yeah yeah and, that scene um, plays like straight horror. Yeah, it's like exactly. straight up horror. Like he's like Jason Voorhees mm. in that sequence. Like but you sympathize with him, and you're like, "Yeah, let's 
kill this guy. Yeah, fuck these you know guys. I mean? They're assholes. Yeah. yeah. But it's any other... It's so fascinating. If you yeah. were just to watch that scene without the context of, the, of anything else in that, you'd probably be like, this is fucking scary. You know? Mm-hmm. Like this overwhelming force like with no face on it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. That's yeah, it's really interesting. This film, movie, yeah. yeah, this movie really plays around with genre. Um, That's why I think really it has a lot way. more substance than people give it, honestly. Yeah. With being the points that we just made, you know. Mm-hmm. It has a lot more substance than all of uh, Rifen's other movies. I'll say that. Linklater <laughs> has no substance to his dialogue. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, all just talking about dreams. We're just talking about We're philosophers. <laughs> I shouldn't be shitting on my own director. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. But uh, what's, the next, <laughs> what's the next segment there, Chief? Signature moves, yeah? I mean, we got into mm. it a little bit on signature um, Man. Rifen. Yeah. Um, He's colorblind. So Rifen very bright, vibrant. Contrast no, I mean, colors. Contrasting yeah, colors. Yeah. I mean, that's why he chose pink. Because um, I forgot what type of colorblind he is. But uh, I remember reading that um, since he's a certain type of... He can see pink. And that's why, like... Mm-hmm. It's interesting the coincidence, like how pink is so um, cool and stylistic in this mm-hmm. film, and it's so perfect. Yeah, and like Rifen's colorblind, so it kind of just like helped out with people who are not colorblind. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's definitely like a um, you know choice creatively to have that like really popping like pink uh, font color. But um, it wasn't really done. I mean, this was made in 2011, mm-hmm. so it's like you don't really have that sort of color scheme, I guess. But no, yeah. they did a lot of orange and blues sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I mean, let's see, signature moves. So, I mean, silent protagonists. I think we can safely yeah. say. Uh, with uh, Only God Forgives. I mean, yeah, granted, this is like the first movie of his we're doing, and this kind of... Mm. It's it's hard to start with signature moves. Like, we, we have seen his well, movies no, before, I mean, you know? I'll, like, uh, Valhalla Rising with uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. We won't be getting to that film, but it's, a, it's good. Mads Mikkelsen character does not say a single word. In the whole movie? In the whole movie. No shit? He's I still haven't totally finished muted. that one. That's crazy. He's totally immune. Man. Um, I don't know about Bron- I haven't seen Bronson in a long time, but he's Dude, pretty... He's, he's talkative. chatty as fuck. He's chatty, yeah. Kathy. Tom, Tom Hardy fucking... Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's like a Richard Linklater movie. <laughs> he's really like chatting his ass off in that movie. Um, but I mean, like to bring up Kubrick a little bit, like I, I definitely see the Kubrick influence. For sure. For his signature moves just in the way that he shoots things. He's very um, mindful of like the geography of the scene and symmetry as yeah. well. Yeah, um, everything is like very, very symmetrical. Even, even more so than Kubrick. Like in a lot of um, well, the a lot neon of the demons. He's heightened. The, I mean, we 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 will be seeing neon the neon demon in this one, but mm-hmm. um, that one I think had a lot of symmetry in it. More so, but it's like again, like I said, like it it, it goes back to his whole like photography background like yeah. he really knows how to frame shots yeah and you could really see it in here on uh, everyone's placed really well i recommend i won't get into it because a guy this guy can do it way better than i can um 
I think it was every frame of painting. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was breaking down the four, qu- like I was telling you, the four quadrant thing. Yeah, when you pointed that out, yeah, I was like, oof. Yeah, man. I would totally uh, check out that video, Every Frame Painting. I hope it's Every Frame. And um, the one on Drive. And pretty much it just talks about how, like, you can split the screen up into four quadrants. And, like, knowing that, that aspect, it made this film a lot more enjoyable. Just, just like look at the different um, placements in each of the four quadrants and what kind of story they, they tell in a di- mm-hmm. different from the other quadrants. So it's like this kind of meta stories within itself. And you can apply that to just film in general. Like you just like see yeah. how things are framed mm-hmm. and yeah, see and I'm, what, I'm, what the reasoning is behind those frames. I've got to check that out, and mm-hmm. keeping that in mind, it's going to be interesting watching mm-hmm. the other movies that he's done this season, because um, I, I, I definitely haven't seen them through that lens. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll be really interesting to see. Um, yeah, I mean, other uh, signature moves that you can He just knows of, how... I mean? I mean, like I said, like he just knows how to fucking um, make beautiful film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I it's it's fucking eye candy. Um, Cliff Martinez, uh, oh yeah, Cliff utilizing Martinez. that fucking incredible uh, musician to its like fullest oh, capacity. So good. Um, God, yeah, like the oh man. Well, the the interesting thing about this movie is a lot of the most memorable music in this movie wasn't him. Like right. he did the soundtrack, but a lot of it is actually like music from other places, like right. the. Real human, real human being. Yeah, and then the the night call, da, 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 like the uh, opera song in oh, the yeah. elevator. Or I remember it's in the elevator scene in the trailer, but it's like I think um, when he's killing Ron Perlman in the yeah. movie that song. Um, that none of that's like Cliff Martinez, but his soundtrack still is like is great in this movie. It's like very synth heavy and. Yeah. And fucking Rifen loves that shit. Like he, he it's fucking so loves fucking hot. Yeah, <laughs> love, like it's like this dark synth. You know, it's yeah. like oh man, it's great. I love Cliff it. Martinez. Is he's great, incredible. Yeah, because he's the one who did the the music um, for that opening opening car uh, scene. That's, that's right. Yeah, and it's so good. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Yeah, um, Cliff Martinez, great. I I hope uh, it's really you know it's you know what I've noticed too is um, man, so many directors because I was thinking about this with Blade Runner uh, mm. twenty forty nine and uh, Villeneuve is so many directors just start working with a um, composer you know uh, musician like uh, Spielberg and John Williams is like the most infam- like the most famous one, but I mean. Rifen really has his own John Williams, like with uh, Cliff Martinez here. Mm. Like they, everything they've worked with each other on, just like they make each like each other's final product even better. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's definitely a signature move. I hope he keeps working with uh, old Cliff. Well, I think uh, in the Neon Demon, he got his nephew to help um, make some make the music. I think Cliff Martinez or no, his nephew. I forgot. Uh, no, Rifen's nephew. Oh shit! Um, but I think Cliff Martinez also helped out. I don't know. I could be. Totally I, I know wrong. the the. I listen to the soundtrack of Neon Demon a lot. So and good. It's, it's uh, it's it. it's under Cliff Martinez's Is name. It? So maybe he had. I help think the, or something. that main song, the one that I play all the time, mm-hmm. that dun 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 dun, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think that was uh, Bryson's <laughs> nephew. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Any any other uh, sig sig ultra violence? Actually, like really like fucking oh yeah crazy violence. Yeah. Um, like well, like jarring, right? Like physical violence in his movies. Yeah, that's for sure one. Uh, like I was uh, neon, I, neon demon for sure. Like shocking, like gore. Yeah, yeah, gore shit. Yeah, that's a good one. Man. Realistic, yeah. like ultra violence. So we yeah. got symmetry. We got music. We got violence. Hey, you got an Adam movie. Yeah, yeah, you saw it. yeah. That's you fucking got, right in right in my goddamn old dolphin's wheelhouse here. Yep. <laughs> well, remember. Um, how I was telling you that uh, Rifen's parents were really into like French New Wave and like really kind of artsy, fartsy type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of you know no violence and whatever. And his uh, Rifen says his act of rebellion was to watch like super gory like horror films. And stuff. <laughs> so that's Dude, that's fascinating. That's yeah. like that's like. So as a director, he combined mm. both of those things. Yeah, because like, his parents were <laughs> photographers, actually. Okay, yeah. So like, I want to do, I want to like see some fucked up shit. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, we don't like violence <laughs> or whatever. But uh-huh. he wanted to re- rebel against them, which was cool. <laughs> hmm. Oh man, that's really fascinating. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think that's about it for uh, you know the good old. Well, let's get into the patented, patent pending, actually. Um, <laughs> what would Richard Linklater do? Oh, Christ, man. Woo! I don't know, man. Ooh-wee. It would take place in Texas, first of all. Let's let's get that out of the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, no, no. That's a good start, though. Yeah, that's yeah. a good start. Um, God, dude, I don't know. Because I'm thinking about... And mm. I, I'm just like workshopping this live here, but like I'm thinking about the different types of movies he's done, mm-hmm. and he has like his like rotoscope, like philosophy heavy movies like Waking Life and uh, fucking the Keanu Reeves one. I oh, Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then he has like uh, this would this would actually be cool to do rotoscoped drive. Oh yeah. yeah okay, we can put in we can put in the rotoscope thing aspect to it. Yeah, that's a good idea. So mm. it would have been like, like, like kind of like a cartoon, hmm. a little bit. So a nineteen eighties Texas thriller, yeah, with rotoscope, mm. and there's this driver. <laughs> it's so hard though, because like I always, I always uh, wrestle with like what, like how much of the story and like characters and stuff do you have to like mold into this other director doing it like this well you know? this is that's the fun part it's like yeah. trying to trying to you know dance around like what what would be more applicable yeah. i think let's just take the take the easiest route as you could mm-hmm. you know go for the lowest common denominator yeah for this because this is a difficult one <laughs> um hmm. he would the driver would be in high school and he's smoking he smokes weed. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really okay. reaching here. I'm really reaching. You got to help me out here. Okay, buddy. okay, okay. Uh, so Matthew McConaughey, yeah, as is a driver, a driver. Oh my god, dude, we you cracked this fucking okay. thing wide open. So it's rotoscope, Texas, Austin, mm-hmm. 1980s. Matthew McConaughey is a driver for uh, like a like a pot dealing, uh, oh, okay. like a pot lord guy. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And 
there, there's a lot more talking in this version. There's a lot more kind of just meandering conversations, mm. you know, because it's a Linklater movie. He's got to have more, you know, just more chatting. Uh, and he's 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 the fucking driver. He's driving a uh, like a '70s fucking hot rod muscle car. That'll make a little more sense when you see Days Confused when you watch it next week. <laughs> yeah. Um, fucking hot rods all over that movie. But yeah, and he's he's a driver for that movie and he's just like over there fucking all right, all right, all right. But he doesn't say <laughs> that in the movie. But he's kind of he's he's McConaughey. He's fucking cool. He's mm. just chilled, laid back. We're on you know, we're on to a fucking pretty good movie idea, I think, here. Keep uh, going, don't stop. I know, I know. Um Okay. You gotta go here, less, here's less what it violence is violence as possible though. You gotta yeah, the yeah, he doesn't have a lot of violence at yeah. all. Or any. Um so the Daughter of the the main pot dealing like uh, mob boss guy who he's mm. driving for falls in love with her, right? Yeah. And instead of uh, <laughs> driving through the fucking spillways in L.A. Uh, uh, with uh, just music and no dialogue, yeah. this inverts it. There's fucking they're no talking, music. They're talking about their daily lives and stuff. Yeah, exactly. They're fucking just talking <laughs> the whole time, and we're like, oh, man, these guys so are charming. great. Yeah, so they're, charming. They're, it doesn't and, have to do with the plot at all. They're just talking about whatever <laughs> exactly. their interest is. Yeah, they're bonding. Yeah. And and then maybe they turn on some music. They yeah. turn on some like uh, fucking Led Zeppelin or something, because Linklater loves like classic rock. Um, and hmm, what happens at the end? Hmm. Does it matter? I think we already set up. Enough. No, you know what? Oh, Check it out. Okay, this is the link later ending. I made a whole fucking link later drive movie just now. <laughs> uh, they, she, she says they both together are like our love is better than what we have here with uh, your dad and his like weed, his his like weed. Uh, uh, what do you call empire. that? Monopoly yeah, empire. Yeah. Uh, let's fucking just drive off. They drive off into the sunset, blasting fucking black sabbath over the radio and then and they film it, it again five years later they film another like where they're at, at five <laughs> years later exactly and it's called before before drive <laughs> before yeah exactly after <laughs> drive set but uh <laughs> honestly that's a pretty no, no I mean, that's, that's, that's a decent solid. uh that's the know. best that you could do i mean the thing is you have to like look into the director's influences so like right. if if Linklater was inspired by the driver and like the same movies that inspired Rife and what would he have done? And maybe that would be it. The exactly. movie that we just made, what would the movie be called? Um, drive <laughs> because it's based on a novel. Oh drive. yeah. Yeah. It's based on drive. That's right. Yeah. Drive I don't think, by Richard um, Linklater. Honestly, I don't think Rich has he ever done anything that's based off anything. Linklater. Linklater. Oh, um, scanner darkly. Philip K. Dick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only thing. Um, that might be it. School of Rock was original. Um, the Before series was. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I think it was. He's done a lot of original Original stuff, stuff yeah. But so has Rifen. Rifen's done a bunch Yeah, of that's for sure. Um, I don't think Bronson was based on anything, but. Well, the guy Bronson. Yeah, the man. Yeah, <laughs> Charles <laughs> the Bronson, the infamous the, British criminal, yeah. Yeah, the. <laughs> Charlie Bronson. I'm Charlie Bronson. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's a solid. I didn't contribute whatsoever to that. <laughs> I think I gave it that as Texas, and it was like rotoscoped. There yeah. you go. I'd watch the fuck out of that movie, though, I'd man. Watch it. Honestly, it sounds pretty cool. Like yeah, the yeah. last week and this week together, we've made uh, a couple of real solid um, alternate director. Let's movies, just say I these think. are flukes that we somehow like. 
yeah. mean. Don't get used yeah, to don't this get used because to this. <laughs> it's, there's going to be some bad shit in the future. Yes, for sure. There, there are some like things I'm thinking about and I just don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> yeah. Eesh. But anyways, yeah, yeah let's, let's quickly point. go through historical context. I really don't have much for this um, segment. It yeah. was made in 2011 and it's a little too recent. You know what? Yeah, I mean, yeah. this really marks, I think, our first movie that is getting so recent that you know and what I mean? That it's hard to really to give it. A I mean, I'll, I'll say yeah. this. And I talked to you about this uh, when we were watching it is like so personal historical context. This is one of the most memorable movie going experiences I've ever had. Same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because this was when did I get this tattoo? I got it the day I think I got it on my birthday, September 17th, 2011. This movie mm. was in theaters. Um, I was hanging out with uh, uh, my friend Ben my wedding and then Shanti and yeah well the thing is yeah we got like this tattoo and it was like I still remember being like having the fucking uh wrapper on it it was like that fresh and we were like let's go see a movie it's like let's see this drive movie it looks cool yeah and just like sitting in the theater and like that that music for the opening credits coming on and me being like I'm fucking wow, in man. and like we all all three of us walked out like holy shit that was fucking great yeah. And so like just like personal historical context, it like really shaped I don't know, the way the way I saw movies. Like that was a very my late teens, early twenties was like a very impressionable time when it right. came to like seeing Film. new movies. And I'd never heard of this director and it was like, Holy shit, what was this weird movie that like like we mm. talked about with the genres, like is so many different kind of genres mixed together. Right. And so, I mean, I don't know. That's my historical context. What about you? you I know? feel the same way. Like, historical, like I can't, I'm not going to really comment on, like, what happened in the 2000s and how this is a pa- applicable. I don't think we have much of a reference point. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, but um, for me personally, I feel the same way I saw with my, my ex back then. And I remember, like, like walking out of that film and saying, like, I want to see that fucking movie again. I wanted to get the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> it's because like it was just like stylistically so what what we all wanted you know what i mean as a yeah. generation like this is like this is what is cool like this is yeah. cool well and then for you just i know this about you personally yeah. like this movie is so fucking in your wheelhouse like yeah this these, is like Adam. fucking just well-dressed like mm. reservoir dogs as one of like your favorite movies of all mm-hmm. time um yeah like this movie is like such an adam movie yeah it's such a cool like quiet protagonist yeah i love like this kind of um this overwhelming force of just like silence and just you don't know what he's thinking but you can just sense the amount of power like this person has like it's fucking sexy dude like it's Mm -hmm. cool as fuck you know it's like definitely like super testosterone fueled <laughs> kind of thing you know yeah this alpha male sort of thing and very masculine cool. movie yeah. yeah any more historical context really uh, i mean i think that in because i was looking up movies around 2011 and nothing really comes close to to drive i think yeah maybe that's kind of its impact its cultural impact was that a lot of films decide like oh we should try to do something like drive and something you know yeah no, like that's kind of that's cool, an interesting cool silent protagonist and yeah, I mean grounded um car, car movies, you know, and um just like uh, like how I talked about like my favorite movies that year, um like 
I, I remember this. Like, I, I remember seeing this, and I remember there not being a movie that was fucking close to Drive. Yeah. Like, I loved Hugo. Hugo, I think, was number two. Mm. Uh, and Tintin also, fucking Spielberg. But Rifen made a better movie than Spielberg did that year. So that's kind of a funny little... That's uh, a funny thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this movie, like, blew me away when I saw it. And, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah, the best movie that year. So I guess uh, I guess we'll just have our, our uh, closing closing thoughts and ideas about it mm-hmm. um i guess i'll go first uh obviously i wanted to st- like i said before i sp- want to start off really strong with rifen uh so went with his uh, his it's really his best movie i think drive is a masterpiece of a film and mm-hmm. sure you can argue that the the plot isn't uh there isn't much there but I think via simplicity, um, Rifen made a really cool film. Mm-hmm. Like if, if if there was more to it, if there if there's a lot of stuff going on, it wouldn't be as effective as it was. Um, but you can, like we talked about before, like earlier on, you can find really interesting ideas put into it, like the superhero thing, the psych, the psychopathy about it. Yeah. And how, like, I was saying during the film, like, he's a chaotic, good-type character. Yeah. Um, and he has this kind of, like, twisted sense of justice and stuff. So you can find really interesting ideas put forth in it. Um, but at the end of the day, to me, it's, like, it's just a very stylistic and fun, cool movie. Mm-hmm. And if you're a guy and you like guy movies, like, this is... A, <laughs> this is one of the best guy yeah. movies I've seen. So yeah, even girls like this movie because Ryan Gosling is so sexy, is fucking super hot. He's a sexy man. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, this movie, this movie is amazing. Like, um, it's it's really hard for me to pick because I love Bronson, and we're gonna talk about that one. But yeah, honestly, we're gonna do that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think this. I think I might like this more than Bronson and I, I didn't think that way like a few hours ago actually, but like watching <laughs> it again, it's like, fuck man, this movie is so like tightly directed mm. and like well-written from beginning to end. Every scene is like necessary to the plot. Um, the tension in this movie, it's, I mean, it's the director showdown that we're talking about here. Like this movie is like just masterfully directed. Right. Um, I think I think yeah, definitely more so than a lot of his other movies. But I mean, we'll see, we'll see. We'll I will, yeah, we're gonna get into those, yeah. um, and I I can't wait. But I mean, yeah, this movie. I mean, it's it's the first thing that I remember ever seeing Oscar Isaac in, and that guy That's is exploding. So weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, and. Uh, you know, you're Poe Dameron now. Uh, that's probably who you probably know him as. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, Oscar Isaac's fucking, and he's great in this. Um, I mean, he's great in everything. But it gave mm-hmm. us Oscar Isaac, and for that, I will always be grateful. Yeah, Rifen's given yeah. us a lot of actors, actually. Hey, mm-hmm. Rifen, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, Oscar Isaac, yeah, Star Wars fellas, yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah he was in Star Wars. Wars Rogue giving us Star Wars boys. Well, Let's the thing is, everybody everybody is going to be a Star Wars boy within 10 years. Everybody well, will have like been a Star Oscar Wars movie. Well, it's like Oscar Isaac was unknown in 2011, really, when yeah. Drive came out. Like, I didn't even his, know it his was career, Oscar Isaac in yeah. Drive, was in Drive. And I was like, what the fuck? Because mm-hmm. I hated the character. Well, 
in a in a good way is what I mean. I hated Oscar Isaac's character. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. But like, I, it blew my mind. I was like, "What Oscar? That was Oscar Isaac? Yeah, that's crazy. He looks very Hispanic in it. He looks, and he's like half. Hispanic. I think he's half American, half Guatemalan. Um, but he looks really Mexican. In this <laughs> yeah, one. just like it's the weird. buzz head. Yeah, uh, like goatee thing. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, this movie is. God, so good beginning to end. Like I said before, like the scenes, the fact that there are so many memorable scenes um, mm-hmm. is like some of my favorite movies of all time don't have as many memorable scenes. Right. You know what I mean? But the fact that like in this movie, there's like the hotel scene, there's the strip club, there's the whole opening, there's the mm-hmm. uh, the beach. It's right. like it takes it takes a really great director to, you know, put those scenes together. Um and so, yeah, I, I love Drive. So, so yeah. you heard it here, folks. Rifin is winner of this season. <laughs> yep. That's the end of season two, guys. Come back Come next back week for season, season three. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Um, so that wraps up uh, this episode of Director Showdown. We got uh, Fan Films. Yeah, check out Fan Films. Whatever they're they're up to, we don't. I don't really know. I think I think by the so by the time this comes out. Sp- Spider-Man will be out. The new Spider-Man, which I've actually heard is like the best Spider-Man movie. People are saying it's like really like people are saying it's their favorite Marvel movie, which is like, fuck, man, we're 16 deep. Let's fucking take uh, it easy. What's his name is actually the perfect Spider-Man. Not. Yeah. Not a loser. Tobey Maguire or way too cool. Way too fucking cool. Skateboarding. Yeah. uh, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Like he's great. What's his name? Like he does a perfect balance. Yeah. You know, exactly. I'm I'm excited. Spider-Man. So, I mean, I'm sure that if it's not out yet, that episode will probably be out soon by the time you hear this. Um, uh, stickerfridge.com. Follow us there yeah. for everything cool. Check out those 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 uh, cute boys over at um, <laughs> Revenge of the Sequels with John mm-hmm. and Emmanuel. I was just on their um, Escape from L.A. Mm-hmm. podcast, and that was a lot of fun. And yeah. there's a little talk about Director Showdown on there, so <laughs> be sure to check I can't, that out. I can't wait to hear it because I kind of got my... Uh, my punches in you on the Hellboy, yeah, the Hellboy two bad. episode. It was, it was not. I did not have the most fun listening to some of that talk. But <laughs> you only, will, yeah, okay. No, it we was a good amount of time. It was a good amount of time. All right, all right. I felt like I was pretty diplomatic about my handling. Well, of you will. You can it. judge how I was. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably text you triggered. <laughs> yeah. like you did me. <laughs> oh, Coming up, we got more Rifen, more Link later. It's gonna mm-hmm. be good. Uh, anything else? Anything else helping in? No, I um, I'm really glad you guys uh, stuck around to listen to our podcast. Um, that's that's all I got. Yeah, for Let's... sure. You guys have a have a good week and tune in next week for some uh, more link later. Have a good one. See you later. Down the hills